0: Brian, I messed up. I it's messed okay, up. Big. I'm still here for you. No, no. I had my, uh, I had my gray hoodie like all ready to go. And I, you know, was going to try to look just like, oh, I'm not even using my right microphone. Here you go. That should be better. I had my gray hoodie all ready to go. And uh, so I could look like my little character piece up there in the corner. And <laughs> oh, I I'm sure my glasses that. are here too, you know, and I could have, you know, you, yeah. Get your green green sweatshirt out. I don't even know. Have I ever seen you wear a green sweatshirt?
1: Dude, I love green. Green is well, that's my why you love
0: St. Patrick's Day.
1: I do. Yeah, it's yeah, we're it's in March. So I'm every other day, Amazon's delivering something else green for me.
0: Oh, jeez. So. You've got an
1: Amazon I know, problem. I know, I know. I have a full week of it this coming Saturday. <laughs> it's uh, it's the parade here in Louisville. Uh-huh. So I gotta wake up at the butt crack of dawn on Saturday. Uh, and driving drive down from Pontiac, Michigan to get back to see my son play volleyball and then to go be an adult at the parade.
0: An adult? Well, yeah, an adult.
1: Eh, not um, just a person. Questionable.
0: All right, here's what we're going to do today, Brian. We're going to tackle the uh, – and by the way, this is your Louisville Real Estate Insider uh, market update for March 7, 2023. Uh, if you have a question, we want to answer it. So uh, it does not matter if you're not one of our clients or whatever else. We'll answer to the best of our ability. And uh, So just post in the comments section, and we'll get to it on screen if you have a question. Um, but today, more specifically, we're going to really tackle the top five questions that we are getting about the market uh, as it stands right now. And I just want to remind you guys, because what we're here to do is in this in – this, it's a critical time for the real estate market. It's a critical time for the housing market. And there's a lot of misinformation out there. And we are here to help you get the proper information, so give you some wisdom. We want to provide clarity so that you can make the best decisions for yourself when it comes to your real estate decisions in the future. That's what we're here for. You got me on the real estate side, Mike Indolfo, Brian, the mortgage guy on the lending side. We're all here to just make sure that you make the right decision. I actually literally, Brian, and you know I do this all the time. I had someone in here uh, last week. With a, we had a really nice, long, like an hour and a half coffee, learned all about her situation. And I said, yeah, you're not properly motivated to make a move right now. It's not in your best interest. You know, the yep. last thing that you and I want to do is put somebody in a situation that they don't want to be in.
1: Uh, that, yeah, that's bad news. And it's been a long, long time since somebody closing the purchase of what should be a phenomenal day. And they get keys in hand. They're not excited. You know, like, yeah, we don't want like that. They, No, 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 no. Yeah, never, 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 never.
0: Especially since we're going to be with you through the long haul. You don't lose us when the closing occurs. Uh, We stick with you throughout the whole, uh, till the whole kit and caboodle. I I sold it to you. I plan on helping you sell it when it's time for you to move to the next one. All right. So here's the first question that we're getting right now, Brian. Uh, Is the housing market going to crash? Um, So I will take this one, but I do have some mortgage data maybe to kind of help back it up. Uh, the first thing I'm going to show you, and this I love to tell this story because people, I think automatically because the recession in 2008 was so strong and people know what happened in 2008, we saw this massive drop in real estate prices. And we'll talk about the effects that real recessions have on real estate here a little bit later in this call. But I want to specifically talk about why today is not 2008 and, and talk about, uh, why we are not imminently going to see a housing crash. The first piece of data I want to show, and Brian may be able to show some, shed some light on this. Let me take away this banner. Uh, well, I don't want to take away the banner. It still shows relevance, relativity. This is from the Mortgage Credit Availability Index. So what the Mortgage Credit Availability Index is, basically when you go out and you uh, get a mortgage on your home, and Brian can explain this way better than I can, the mortgages are bundled together and they're kind of sold as an investment. You want to explain that better than what I just did, Brian?
1: Yeah. So like mortgages, I guess, are bundled together and sold as a mortgage-backed security. So whenever right. you hear, I guess, about, the, about MBS rates going up or going down, it's the pool of mortgages. It's way easier to sell $5 billion in very similar mortgages than it is to try and sell individual mortgages in a secondary market.
0: So right before the housing bubble, what you see on this chart is that we were like at I think that says uh, it's what does that say 8 uh 806 or 808.7 oh, oh, and uh, 868.7 There it is. Um I should I should have my glasses on from that picture. There. And we actually because what happened right after that correction and it was it, that recession was driven by real estate decisions and mortgage decisions we saw a ton of regulations change uh, and these lending regulations have basically kept that uh mcai number down so we're not overextending ourselves to be in a situation that could lead to that housing bubble okay so that's how we we're seeing it from you want to add anything to that to that from the uh, mortgage standpoint brian well, yeah
1: so way back then uh, there were a bunch there were a bunch of mortgage types one was a nina it was a cisa uh like the nina we called the nana because it seemed like the people where we couldn't where they didn't show income or assets they were still able to buy a house with a 580 credit score with 10% down. We'd have to verify where the funds came back then either. So money was far, far too easy to borrow. And that the people that were borrowing it, even though they may have had great intentions at the beginning, they didn't, uh, the chances of them performing was a lot less likely because we didn't put them through like a real pre-approval process.
0: I like to tell the story, and you've heard me say it several times, and I'm, hopefully I didn't repeat it from last week. But uh, when I first got into real estate, it was right around this time that the, that number was that high. <laughs> and uh, my wife was a Catholic school teacher pregnant with our second child, and I had not sold a house uh, yet. And I got we got pre-approved for buying the house that we're in right now without selling our other house. That would not happen today, would it, Brian?
1: No, no. Yeah, because yeah, back in that day, uh, we – we could go to a website and type in realtor income. It would give us a graph. We would take uh, how long you were in in the area. And it told us how much money we could use without having to verify it.
0: <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. All right. So then let's talk about from the real estate side. So this is your housing supply. We're going to talk a lot about housing supply today, the housing inventory. And you can see that during the time frame. and I'll, let me take away the, Little question there. Uh, you can see where our inventory was during those that time frame as well. All right, it's crazy. We had like over four million listings uh, available in um, our nationally. Okay, uh, almost a year's worth of inventory going on. Th- and now our inventory number—this is the national number. We're actually going to talk about the Louisville number here a little bit later. Is you know between 2.3, 2.7. Louisville, by the way, is under two months of inventory. Brian and I just actually just pulled that data like two seconds ago. Uh, the Probably the most reliable numbers were at 1.75 months of inventory, which is incredibly low. So because of that, we're getting supply and demand. We're not headed towards a housing crash. We actually need more housing units. It's something we need to have. If things actually opened up a little bit, to give you perspective, we need to be somewhere between 8 and 10,000 active listings in our MLS. For us not to feel, for it to just feel normal, for it to be not a, for it to be neutral, not a buyer's market, not a seller's market, and right now we're sitting at what was the number I told you to memorize earlier, Brian? Thirteen sixty-five. Yeah, we're way we're way low on the inventory side. So no, we are not uh, headed towards a crash. I don't think in any way, shape, or form. uh, Do you feel like we're headed towards a crash, Brian?
1: There, there is no way. There are so many people. Uh, existing owners and want to be first-time home buyers that are sitting on the sidelines waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting to, you know, to, to finally have a chance to buy.
0: Well, and then I think one of the reasons why it leads us to the second question that we're hear- seeing this is, you know, Hey, Brian, what's happening with mortgage rates now and what's going to happen with them in the future?
1: So we know that they're going down. Uh, I spent about three hours yesterday listening to a man, Barry Habib, that, I wish he could. I wish he could run for the people that make decisions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not a political guy, and I don't ever want to go there. And Powell dropped the bomb on us this morning by saying we see long-term rates increasing. So the next time that the Feds increase uh, the federal funds rate, it's going to go up you know a half percent instead of a quarter percent like we intended. So we've lost about 30 basis points today, which in turn, there goes pricing again. So rates may have increased an eighth or a quarter today. It's yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel a little beat down today.
0: Well, and we might see them increase, but we're expecting to see rates drop again, I think. And I got to, I can say this probably easier than Brian can Uh, going into the next coming months. There's some just pricing things that are going to happen that we think we're going to change. This is what we're seeing. uh, Again, this was pulled from January. So maybe not as reliable, but just a little bit of a forecast. So we, we're looking at, at four major um, uh, procrastinate or not procrastinators, but what do they call them? You know, people who tell the future. I can't remember okay. what I'm losing the the word. Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, MBA, and NAR, which is the National Association of Realtors, uh, and I, MBA is the Mortgage Bankers Association. Is that right, uh, Brian? Yep. Yeah, and then so Fannie you can kind of see Freddie where Mac they for... anticipate. Well, go ahead.
1: I was going to say Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for. Used for you all that don't know who they are, they're not candy companies. When I got into the industry back in 05 and I saw Fannie Mae, I thought that 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 somehow the chocolate company also was in the mortgage side of it, and it's not. And they just those two companies alone have been some of the most profitable companies in the nation for the last ten years. It it it, it's it's insane, and they own roughly seventy percent of all mortgages or the actual debt that's out there.
0: And there's a reason. There's a reason why we see the, us using the average of all four of these because Fannie Mac and Freddie, Freddie Mac, I'm sorry, and Fannie Mae are going to probably naturally kind of be on the higher side, where the NBA and National Association of Realtors would probably forecast naturally on the lower side. So that average of all four, Brian, I think is a pretty good average. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's interesting how NAR. Uh, they're averaging the lowest amounts. <laughs> <laughs> I love me, I love my realtors. You're always positive about the market. Only in only the happen.
0: first month, Brian. The mortgage bankers are better after that. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I listen. I, I do think if you're looking for us getting back to the the days of three percent mortgages, you're probably going to be waiting for an extremely long time. That's not something we're going to see uh, anytime soon, right, Brian?
1: No, no, no. Yeah, and the only reason why we got into it. You happen to have the graph that shows, it, it, so our next one I want to show a graph that shows what quantitative what quantitative easing was, and the amount of money that the feds were pumping into the economy, purchasing mortgages to artificially drive down the rates.
0: Listen, that you're asking the only for some, reason uh, why
1: we saw the threes.
0: You're we asking for it's really helpful. difficult. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and keep talking.
1: It, it, they were spending billions and billions and billions of dollars buying these mortgages. And what, what and where they were brilliant about it is that they're the ones, again, that, that, that set the guidelines for roughly 70% of the mortgage market. So the mortgages that were closing and that they were buying were some of the highest quality mortgages of all time as far as credit scores, as far as debt to income ratio. That's money in versus money that goes out. Reserves, some of the, the best performing mortgages of all time and now those are the people that are kind of you, that are sitting on the sidelines you you that can't financially justify why they should buy their next house if you happen to find that
0: uh i don't know if is it something we used last year this this is the treasury yield that's not no it.
1: that one's not it all right uh i'm going to want to show it on, on our next call just to show what it is and show how much money was being pumped in so we'll talk is about quantitative
0: money? easing on the next call
1: Yes, 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 yes. Sounds
0: good. Yep. We're also going to be giving us the most recent uh, market report uh, for for February. We kind of hit the middle of March, so we'll be able to give you the most up to date uh, information because most of everything from February will have cleared by then. So, yeah. And uh, the next really employment
1: important. report's also going to hit. This one will be a lot more realistic than the previous one.
0: Okay. So, if the economy slows further, what does that mean for real estate? I love this question. The first part I'm going to lead with, by the way, is uh, just to give uh, some sort of an idea of what's traditionally has happened in the world of recessions. OK, so you can see that recessions typically do not mean a drop in real estate prices. The last six recessions right here, uh, you can see we, we normally see uh, prices actually increase uh, the only with the one exception being 2008, which was real estate led. We saw a massive drop in. Home prices nationally. Again, locally, it was not nearly as bad as what the national number is. And in 1991, we saw a slight decrease, um, which really was more of a flattening than anything else. Now, why do I think right now we're going to continue to see home prices on the rise? Well, number one, we talked about inventory. And I think this is actually our next question. And I think, uh, yeah, so what's ahead for home prices? So we're going to go ahead and just flip onto that one. The number one reason for that is because of inventory. Okay, so when we look at inventory, I'm going to pull it up real quick. This is the, again, the national look on inventory was that we're at 2.3, 2.7 months of inventory. I love this image right here because it kind of tells you the way that when we look at inventory, we look at it. If you look at that sliding line at the top where it says seller's market, balance market, buyer's market. And again, if you're listening to us on the podcast, you can go find Louisville Real Estate Insiders on Facebook and you can see the video and you can see all these visuals as we go. Um, we also appreciate everyone who's just watching live on Facebook or LinkedIn right now. This, it, you can see that there's a sliding scale. And it's almost like the pH scale that I used to talk about when I was a science teacher. <laughs> and right in the middle is that balanced market. And that's really in that six months, maybe five to seven months is where we see a balanced market. Uh, to the left is a seller's market and to the right is a buyer's market. And this is since we're at, at because of this data we're using is 1.18 months of inventory. Uh, and I lost Brian. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, we can see that we are still in an extreme seller's market, and we are seeing right now we're we are seeing um, our va- uh, not a, we're seeing a slowing in the number of transactions, but we're not seeing a slowing uh, as far as values go because when the number of buyers that have gone away and the number of sellers that have gone away because the mortgage rates have climbed a little bit. They basically kind of cancel each other out, and so we still have a low amount of inventory for the number of buyers that we have out in the market, and we're still extremely tight. And so, whenever the demand outpaces the supply, we see prices increase. What we're seeing though right now is that we're not seeing the total the 10% price increase that we would see everywhere else. We are not seeing, um, you know, 25 offers as much as we might be seeing five offers on a on a um, piece of property. I will also just caution you on this. You might even see some data that says that the average sales price has gone down. Just remember that that doesn't necessarily mean that values have gone down. It could mean that we're seeing more movement at a lower price point versus a higher price point. So if we're, for example, in a situation where I'm locked in at a 3% rate and for me to move out of this house and to move up to my next house, it might not be the best time and I'm taking... A little bit of a break, so we're losing some momentum at the higher end of our market, but we're seeing a lot of momentum at the you know three hundred thousand dollars and below side. So if we're seeing more activity down here, those prices could still be going up, and the average sales price in our overall market could still be coming down. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, so this is all really good data to just kind of look to kind of see. And again, if you have any questions, just drop it in the in the comment section. I want to just illustrate just a little bit further about how local real estate really is, though. And so in this graph, we're going to actually take the 40299 zip code, which is J-Town. And you can see the immediate uh, estimated home value for J-Town, 40299, versus Louisville, which is about, you know, it's about $56,000 higher than what it's for Louisville. Uh, Jefferson County is a little bit higher than Louisville. We know that it's one metro government. I think they're taking the old old city limits than the county as a whole then how that fits with the state of Kentucky and then how we relate to the United States. Um, and it's interesting. You have here the median estimate home values for each area, the, the, the change over 12 months, the change over one month. Okay. And we're coming out again of a very slow time of year, naturally anyway, uh, the median home age, and then what percentage of people own and rent. And Brian, when we were looking at the own versus rent numbers here locally, um, it's amazing to me. We still have like 70,000 people who rent by choice that can afford to buy.
1: Well, Which is yeah, what what, because a year and a half ago when rents were going through the roof and they needed to move, you know, you know, they signed their new lease. So in some cases, the people who were who paying $2,000 a month for, you know, for a one-bedroom, one-bath, you 700-square-foot know, apartment in the Highlands, they can get into a nice, nice house for that same money, if they're able to move out a little bit further.
0: And that comes us to our last question. Should I, should I wait to buy a home? And if you're a renter, you know, forget about paying a higher interest rate. You're paying like 125% interest rate because you're paying someone's mortgage. You're just not paying your mortgage.
1: Something else that I've noticed too, is a lot of folks that are renting, they're renting at what they want their future mortgage payment to be. Which doesn't give them the means for the opportunity to save to put aside a thousand dollars a month, fifteen hundred dollars a month, seven fifty a month. So at the end of that twelve month lease, where they've got their money down available for their down payment and costs, like they're maxing out what they're paying in rent.
0: Um, so yeah, I would say, should I wait to buy a home? I think you know what the answer is. Really, it kind of still it depends. It's not necessarily a, a one-size-fits-all answer. Everyone's situation is going to be different. But what I can tell you is that we are more than happy to sit down with you and try to help you figure out what's best for you. Literally, like I said, we just, I just recently met with someone and told them that they might probably need to wait a little bit longer. Uh, and we talked about really kind of mapping out the next 15 years and where their home decisions kind of fit into that next 15 years. Uh, you're Right now, though, I will tell you that most people will say that the best time to buy a house would have been 20 years ago. And the next time, the best time to buy a house is now. Because in the end, real estate wins. Real estate is a stable investment that typically goes up. And we saw that one little hiccup in the 2008 side. But beyond that, we've even recovered out of that nicely. The people who chose not to sell during the 2008 to 2011 time period, even though their their value was going down, your value only goes down if you try to sell it. And those people who held on to those houses, you know, and I'll tell you the story about my house in 2006 that we bought, that house is worth almost double what we paid for it now. And at the end of the day, you can't start that until – you. the only time you can start gaining that appreciation is once you make the decision to buy. Uh, but it doesn't mean agree. that every situation is going to fit for everybody. Go ahead, Brian.
1: No, no, I was just going to agree with you with that. Plus, the great thing about a mortgage is that it's a forced savings plan. Not everybody has the discipline to put money into an account. Every single month, and never, ever, ever, ever touch it. Uh, the amount of people who, like, their their wealth is shown by, by what they have in real estate. It's because they've made those payments. They've had the mortgage for 20, 25, 30 years. When that mortgage is paid in full, they no longer have any debts in the property. And that same house has increased in value, like in yours. Wait, so... Yours has doubled in value since 2006. Do you think you could have saved that much money and, and have that much additional money in an investment account if you relied on yourself?
0: Only if I could invest those in bourbon and cigars. <laughs> I don't know what you mean here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but probably not. Probably not. You know, At the end of the day, like that, that asset has performed nicely for us. And, then, um, and you can utilize that asset for a lot of different things. You know, I'm not a big fan of over-leveraging yourself. But I am a big uh, proponent of putting your assets into motion when it makes sense. So, um, Brian, we went a little longer than we normally would have wanted to on these calls. But it's still good information. So tune in next week. Like we said, we're going to have the latest information on the unemployment. We're going to have the latest uh, information as far as the most up-to-date real estate report here for local, our local information. And then Brian will talk more about uh, what talk about it is. What what are you talking about, Brian?
1: I won't talk about Powell again. I promise. No, no, no,
0: the easement, the easing of uh, the...
1: Oh, yeah, QE, quantitative Yeah, Quantity, quantitative Yeah, yeah QE.
0: I'm trying to make you look good. All right.
1: I appreciate it. You're good to we'll,
0: me. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, everybody.